You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hey there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 46 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I am Sasha from Sheepspot.com, where we offer diverse hand-dyed wools and the information and support you need to make those wools into beautiful yarns. So last week, I promised you that I was going to solve your biggest spinning problem. Maybe not yours in particular, but many people's biggest spinning problem. So here we go. Whenever somebody joins my email list, I always ask them to send me an email about what kind of spinning challenges they're facing. And uh, tons of folks have been kind enough to take the time to do that. So today we're talking about the number one spinning issue customers tell me about, and that is just simply finding time to spin. So this is the first of a two-part series on finding more time to spin. In this episode, I'm going to walk you step-by-step through a process that will help you figure out how you're spending your time right now and how you can spend more time spinning. In next week's episode, we're going to dive a little deeper and talk about how to put your spinning on autopilot by making it a habit. So, you know, I never want you to have to stop spinning while you're listening in order to take notes. So, of course, this two-episode series comes with a free guide and worksheets that will help you spend more time spinning. It's available at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 46. And of course, the guide and the worksheet are absolutely free with a subscription to my newsletter. Uh, I put a ton, I'm, I have to say, the podcast is a day late this week, and this guide is why um, I put a ton of work into it. So you should definitely go check it out. Um, yeah, I'm going to give you that URL again. It's sheepspot.com backslash podcast backsplash (laughs) backslash I never know whether a regular old slash is a backslash or not but anyway it's here's the url it's sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 46 okay guys uh so let's dive in Before we start, I need to um, just footnote Laura Vanderkam, who is a person who writes about time management, um, because her book, Off the Clock, uh, inspired a lot of this episode. So um, check her out. I'll put a link to her website in the show notes. So the first step to figuring out how much Uh, how to find more time to spin is figuring out how much time you would like to be spinning. So how much time would you want to spin uh, 
and spend on other spinning related activities, I guess. If, if you had total control over your schedule and it was a perfect world and everything was coming up roses. So when you're thinking about how much time you would ideally spend spinning in any, on any particular day, consider how long you can spin while remaining comfortable physically. And don't worry about determine, about coming up with some perfect number. Just a ballpark will do. And so when you're settled on a number for how much time you would like to spend on spinning a day, just multiply that by seven to get a weekly total, because we're going to be working mostly with with weekly numbers here. Okay, so the first thing is figure out how much time do I want to be spinning? The second time, the second thing is to figure out how you're actually spending your time right now. So I actually am going to ask you to track your time for two weeks. You will be surprised if you're like most people, if you're like anything like me, um, when you look at how you're actually spending your time as opposed to how you're thinking about how you think you're spending your time. Um because I think I spend no time at all um, doing certain things. And I spend, you know, I think I spend true confessions here. I think I spend zero time on YouTube, but actually I spend tons of time on YouTube. It's kind of embarrassing. There's so many things on YouTube that I love. Like I'm obsessed with um, videos of people getting chiropractic adjustments and videos about training horses for dressage and um, eye makeup application. Anyway, that's probably too much information. Anyway, you're going to track your time for two weeks. I'm going to give you a link to a downloadable time tracker, um, which actually does come from Laura Vanderkam's website. And she has versions set up for 15 or 30 minute increments and she has them in PDF format or Excel format. Um, now, as you're doing this, it's really, really crucial to be honest with yourself during this process. No one needs to know, like nobody needs to know about my YouTube habit, even though I just told you all about it. No one needs to know that you spend an average of 108 minutes a day on Instagram. But you need to know that. So you can actually make a decision about whether you want to continue spending that much time on Instagram. And I really do think this exercise is, um, it's quite brilliant. And um, I do think you'll learn a lot from it. So you could use one of the gazillion time tracking apps for your phone. But I am deliberately not talking about any of those here. I think you should do this the old fashioned way with a pen and paper because most of us spend too much time with our phones already. Um, but if you think you're not one of those people, Google is your friend and you can find tons and tons of apps that will help you do this. I think a piece of paper is really all that's necessary. Okay, so after you've tracked your time for a couple of weeks, you need to assess the results of your tracking. And here's where the first worksheet that I have made up for you comes in. 
So you're going to make a list of all the activities you engaged in over the past two weeks, but, and this is crucial, you're going to make it in three different columns. So one for activities you actually enjoy, one for those that you feel kind of neutral about, you can take them or leave them, one for those that, given the choice, like Bartleby, you would prefer not to. So next to each activity, note how much time you spend on it per week. And you can just use an average of the two weeks that you tracked if they're different. And when you've listed all your activities and the amount of time you spend doing them, you're ready for the next step. So in our fourth step, we're going to use the worksheet to home in on the activities on your second two lists. So the neutral things and the things that you actively dislike doing. And our goal is that we are going to find on those lists by um, taking some things off the list and delegating and just being more efficient about things where we can, we're going to find your desired amount of spinning time. So whatever your number is, I you know, I want to spend an hour a day or I want to spend half an hour a day or two hours a day or whatever it is. Um, we're going to try to find that time by looking at the list of things that you're currently doing that you would rather not do do or that you are just, you know, feeling neutral about. Okay, so the first thing is you're going to ask yourself these three questions about each of these activities. So the first question is, is this activity really something that needs to be done? Like at all? Would you really miss Facebook if you excised it from your life? Is that magazine you read monthly out of habit or obligation really adding value? If not, consider just not doing it. Um, if the answer is yes, this is actually something that needs to be done, then go on to the next question, which is, does this activity need to be done by me? So if you're a woman with a male partner, you are likely doing a disproportionate amount of the housework and childcare in your household. In Canada, studies estimate that women do 50% more housework and childcare than men. So you may be able to reclaim some of your time in these areas. So if you don't really enjoy cooking, perhaps you could institute a regular order a pizza night, or your partner could take over cooking dinner a couple nights a week. If you don't mind doing the laundry, but you hate folding it, perhaps you could delegate that task to someone in your household who doesn't mind it. And if you hate the whole process, maybe you could start just dropping off your laundry someplace where they will do it for you. Just take out your non-superwash hand-knit socks before you do. Um, use a service like Instacart to get your groceries for you. Enlist your kids in unloading the dishwasher. Hire the neighbor's teenager to rake the leaves or mow the lawn. If you can persuade the folks you live with to do a bit more and in combination, maybe get some paid help with some things, um, the possibilities are endless. And you can really, this is really a good way to find more spinning time 
uh, just by looking at what you're already doing and making some decisions. Also, try batching tasks. For example, uh, I have recently started making the whole week's lunches on Sunday afternoon. And this has completely changed my life. Because lunch was a really difficult meal for me, because I'm often in the studio around lunchtime. I eat lunch kind of late, usually around two or three. And I'm often in the studio, and there's not any food in the vicinity of the studio. So if I haven't brought something with me, I'm kind of sunk. And this way, I make all my lunches. I do whatever I need to do in order to do that. I usually make, you know, a set of salads. Um, And they're in the fridge, they're ready to go. And when I'm heading out to the studio, I can just grab one. And the thing that I love the most about this is I only have to think about it once. And also, I only have to clean up once. So, which I think is really a great thing. Um, So you get the idea about batching tasks. Um, You know, if you tried this for lunches or dinners in your house, um, you can really streamline things. Um, and also, whenever you, wherever you can, try to create systems that are going to speed up things that you do regularly. So, for example, I send receipts to my insurance company every month. And once a year, I print out all 12 of the claim sheets. They are already filled out. I, so I fill them out on the PDF, print out 12 of them print out 12 pre-addressed envelopes, and I just put them in a file. And so when I'm actually needing to send in the receipts for the claim, I just staple the receipts to the form, put them in the prepared envelope, put a stamp on it, and I'm done. And there are probably lots of things that you do repetitively that could benefit from um, just investing a little bit of time up front that you're going to get back, um, you know, several folds. Okay, so on to step five. I hope that you found the majority of your spinning time in step four. But in case you haven't, here's another trick that you can try. And that's just looking for little gaps between or during other activities. So, um, So you may have an idea in your head, you probably do have an idea in your head about what is kind of the minimal amount of time you want to spend spinning in any given session. And I would just encourage you to kind of let go of that. And when you have a little pocket of time, even if it's like five or 10 minutes, um, you can get a lot done and you can get a lot of spinning done in 10 minutes. Um, And so just try to sit down at your wheel. I love to spin, for example, when I first get up for like 10 minutes. I'm not really awake yet, so I'm not good for much else. Um, And I find it just a lovely meditative way to start the day. The other thing, if you're a spindle spinner, is take your spindle with you when you're running errands and just spin while you're online or waiting for an appointment or something like that. 
that can really add up too. So look for those little mini spinning opportunities. And there's an, a, a real advantage to these short sessions, especially if you're a new spinner. Um, your sp- skills will grow faster in many short sessions than they would in fewer longer sessions. And I think it's be- there's something about it that um, the more times you do something, the faster you develop muscle memory about it. Um, so I would way prefer that my beginning spinners spend five minutes a day spinning than that they spend 35 minutes a week. They're, they're going to get much better, much more quickly if they do um, the five minutes a day. All right, cheap spotters. That is all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for listening. And in the next episode, I'm going to tell you exactly how to make spinning a habit using the latest research on habit formation. I read it, so you don't have to. And the great thing about having a habit is that you do it automatically. You don't even really have to think about it. So we will talk more about that next time. Do not forget to go to the website and download the guide and the worksheets. They will walk you step-by-step through the process that I've outlined today and through the process I'm going to talk about next week. So um, head over there now, cheapspot.com podcast. uh, I can't do this. I can't say this URL for some reason today. Sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 46. I will see you next week, my love. In the meantime, go spin something.